And when God created the heavens and the earth, as recorded in the book of Genesis, God looked upon it all and said, this is good. This is very good. Now, the word that is translated good is a very rich word in the Hebrew. It's pronounced actually tov, looks like T-O-V, and literally means good or goodness. It's one of the more popular terms in the Bible occurring at least over 700 times. As one person put it, quote, we could say that our Bible is the book of Tav or the book of good or goodness. So in Genesis, we read in the first chapter, God said, let the earth grow plant life, plants yielding seeds and fruit trees, bearing fruit with seeds inside it, each according to its kind throughout the earth. And that's what happened. The earth produced plant life, plants yielding seeds, each according to its kind, and trees bearing fruit with seeds inside it according to its kind, and God saw how good it was. God looks at life in all of its potential and generative powers in how it bears fruit, and God calls it good. There is this progression. God calls forth the seeds he has embedded in creation. Creation brings forth those seeds with the seeds of future life in them, and God sees the process as good or tov. Metaphorically speaking, if we are trees and we drop seeds, but none of them grow, well, no tov, no good. If we drop seeds and some of them grow and become trees of their own, but none of them have seeds of their own, again, no tov or no good. The reason why the plants and trees must have seeds inside of them is so that in due time, those plants and trees will drop their seeds into the earth and they will further the cycle of creating life. So what what would God call good? Anything that produces life and contains the potential for more life within it, that's what God calls good. Again, let me read that or say that again. Anything that produces life and contains the potential for more life within it, that's what God calls good. In the case of our metaphor, think of a seed becoming an orchard or more practically, Think of it this way. Think of a conversation or a story that stirred you to bring forth life from inside you and offer it in a way that had the potential to call forth life from another person. The good work of God and God's creative process happens when life is produced within us and it activates our potential and we share that goodness with others and it activates their potential and it calls forth life from within them. God's good work just goes on and on as God's good work produces life within us. And then we go forth and we activate and call forth life from within others. This hope for new life and bringing forth new life and activating the potential for new life is like a thread that runs all throughout the scripture. When the apostle Peter is sharing his story with Cornelius and his family in Acts chapter 10, he's describing the ministry of Jesus this way. You know about Jesus of Nazareth, he says, whom God anointed with the Holy Spirit and endowed with power. And Jesus traveled around doing good. Now, there's a lot that can be said about Jesus, but we often forget that in its simplicity, Jesus simply traveled around doing good. That goodness looked like planting seeds of new life and bringing forth new life as he called forth the potential and possibility of everyone that he saw and everyone he came into contact with. In his compassion and in his affirming presence, he called forth that life. In his letter to the Ephesians, Paul reminds them that they are, quote, God's accomplishment, 
created in Christ Jesus to do good things. God planned for these good things to be the way that we live our lives. So you and I are literally God's workmanship. We are crafted by God to offer goodness. We are crafted by God to offer life to all that we are about and through all we are about, through our gifts and our abilities and our presence. And this is how God has planned for us to live our lives. Folks often ask the question, well, what's God's plan for my life? And I think a very simple response is this. Bring goodness and a life-giving presence to all that you do so that others may know that there is a life-giving presence in this world that seeks to call forth their potential and their best life. That seems like a very simple and good plan for one's life. Which brings me to the scripture text for today. Quote, I thank my God every time I mention you in my prayers. I'm thankful for all of you every time I pray, and it's always a prayer full of joy. I'm glad because of the way you have been my partners in the ministry of the gospel from the time you first believed it until now. For 19 years, you, Deep River Friends, have been partners with me in this ministry of the gospel. And like Paul, for that I am extremely thankful and grateful. When we first came in 2002 to serve and journey with you, I remember thinking to myself, this really is a sturdy congregation. And I don't know why that term came to mind. I think mainly because what I saw in you, what I saw in Deep River Friends, was a sort of what I call a solidity, a solid faith, a sturdy faith that had carried you through many years, and I felt at that time would continue to carry you far into the future. I mean, let's be honest. Any faith community that's been established in 1754 and is still around in the 21st century, I think has earned the title solid. But this solidity was also porous, in that you absorbed me and my family into your life, into your community, into your traditions and your rhythm of life. And not just us as a family, but our extended family as well. Your sturdiness, your solidity was, and it continues to be, about being at home with who you are, but also making sure folks feel at home when they come into your midst. And that's really not an easy thing to pull off, but you've done it with grace, and you've done it with generosity, and for that I will be eternally grateful. I never felt that I held a position, nor did I really feel that I was an employee. Rather, I have always felt that I was a partner with you in the ministry of the gospel. In these 19 years, we've been through a great recession a yearly meeting split, and a pandemic together. Through almost two decades of partnership, we have experienced together the celebrations of such things as weddings and baby dedications and graduations, and we've also carried each other's burdens as we've been through financial challenges, members and good friends passing away, and the continual challenge of discerning how to be a faithful Quaker community in a fast-changing world. And through all of this, I have always felt your partnership in the ministry of the gospel, as we have sought to offer and live a life-giving message of hope. And your partnership in this ministry of the gospel wasn't always just with me, but also with the needs that you saw within Deep River Friends Meeting, as well as around the community and the world. You've partnered with Quakers in Jamaica. You've partnered with Quakers in Belize and Africa. You've partnered with Quakers in Friendswood, Texas, recovering from a flood and hurricane, and all of this financially. You continue to partner with good ministries in High Point like Open Door Shelter, Leslie's House, and Hand-to-Hand -hand Pantry. 
You partner with our good friend Dave Smith as he camps out every November to just raise awareness and food contributions for the hungry in High Point. And you partner with folks within the meeting to help lift them up when they have been knocked down. And for example, to date, you have helped Tracy Kuntz with medical bills and getting her car equipped so she can continue to live as independently as possible. And all of this so much more and so much more is the ministry of the gospel that builds on and adds to the goodness that God intended for all of creation and God continues to intend for all of creation. This is God's plan and this is God's purpose, bringing goodness and good stuff to life. And not only have you partnered with me, but you are faithful partners with God in creating a world in which all have the opportunity, at least the opportunity to flourish. But it doesn't end today, nor should it end today, nor will it end next week or the week after. It should and will and needs to continue on. Whether we're near, whether we're far, whether we're just around the corner, we will always be partners in this ministry of the gospel because all the goodness we do in the places we live and inhabit, it all adds up and even multiplies in God's economy. That's what the story of the fishes and loaves and feeding of the 5,000 is all about. Give to God and those in need what little you have and God will multiply it so that even our little becomes a lot. So wherever we find ourselves, we simply do the good things and the good works that God invites us to be about. And God takes all of that and puts it together as life-giving goodness that serves to build a flourishing world. Author and speaker Brian McLaren likes to talk about what he calls plotting goodness, you know, like plotting a plan or plotting a strategy, plotting goodness. And plotting simple and even sometimes secret ways to bring a presence of goodness to those around you. He describes it this way, to surprise people with glimpses of God's kingdom, throwing parties, visiting hospitals, giving out flowers, planting gardens, fixing houses for elderly or disabled people, cleaning homes, fixing cars, babysitting for single parents, building playgrounds, cleaning up trashy neighborhoods or streams or roadsides. Whatever you do, you can make it, he writes, creative and fun, giving people a taste of the kingdom of God through your kindness, and I would add your goodness. So I say with the Apostle Paul as he wrote to the Philippians, I'm sure about this. The one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the job by the day of Christ Jesus. And that good work started back in 1754. I have good reason to think, Paul writes this way about all of you, because I keep you in my heart. And deep river friends, I will always keep you in my heart, for you have left your imprint on my life, and it will go with me wherever I go, and it has shaped and formed how I minister, and how I will continue in my ministry. But I also affirm with Paul that the one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the job. Since 1891, Deep River Friends Meeting has had 25 pastors, with me being number 25. At some point, you'll call your 26th pastor. It's seasonal work, and some seasons last longer than others, and now each of us enters a new season. But the fact remains for both of us, The one, capital O, the one who started a good work in each of us will stay with us, stay with us inwardly and outwardly to continue that good work and see it through to its completion. So Deep River Friends, you've done a good work. You are doing a good work and you have much good work still to do. 
The good work you outwardly do will flow from the good work you allow God to do in your life and in your hearts and in your souls. The late Elizabeth O'Connor wrote in her wonderful book, Cry Pain, Cry Hope, these words. Every single one of us has a good work to do in life. This good work not only accomplishes something needed in the world, but completes something in us. When it is finished, a new work emerges that will help us to make green a desert place, as well as scale another mountain in ourselves. The work we do in the world, when it is true vocation, always corresponds in some mysterious way to the work that goes on within us. With each new stage of life, with each new stage of life, a new work emerges in us. I'm entering a new stage. Deep River Friends meeting, you're entering a new stage. And in that new stage, a new work can and will emerge within us. Every single one of us has a good work to do. You as individuals and a meeting have something the world needs and this community needs. Doing that good work not only completes something in you, but it completes something in this community, in this neighborhood, and in this world. And once you complete that good work, a new work will emerge at each new season and each stage of your individual life and your life together. Simply trust the good work that God is doing in you and allow God to complete what God has started. Trust the good work that God is doing in this meeting and allow God to complete what God started back in 1754. Your lives have spoken. Your lives will always speak, so continue to let your lives speak. One final story. As I packed up my office this past Thursday and I went through the files deciding which ones to keep and which ones to toss and throw away, I thumbed through some of the files and I realized that I had filed away some ideas and some leadings that never saw the light of day. Maybe I forgot about them. Maybe I feared they wouldn't work. Maybe I just didn't want to take the risk. Whatever, whatever the case, they never had a chance to live. Those ideas, those dreams and those visions. Here's my takeaway on that. If we're not careful, if I'm not careful, life can soon take on a feel of always filing away good ideas, dreams, and good intentions. And when it's all over, what you may have is a stack of manila folders and files, but what you don't have is a life lived faithfully, a life lived courageously, and a life lived well. So friends, don't get caught in the trap of filing away your dreams your good intentions, your hopes, and your vision. Find a way to make it happen. I want to close with this poem by the poet Don Markova. The poem is entitled, I Will Not Die an Unlived Life. I will not die an unlived life. I will not live in fear of falling or catching fire. I choose to inhabit my days to allow my living to open me, to make me less afraid, more accessible, to loosen my heart until it becomes a wing, a torch, a promise. I choose to risk my significance, to live so that which, so that which came to me as seed goes to the next as blossom, and that which came to me as blossom goes on as fruit. Hear her words. I will not die an unlived life. So now go and risk. Go and live courageously. Go and live with passion. Go 
and bear fruit. Go and flourish. Go and live and let the good work continue. And whatever you do, do not live an unlived life.